Some places just seem to invite speculation and conspiracy theories because they're mysterious. Stonehenge, okay. The Pyramids of Giza, sure. Military installations like Harp, okay. Or Area 51, sure. Places where there have been reports of a number of anomalous events like Skinwalker Ranch, again, I get it. But there is one place that has become a magnet for just about every conspiracy theory you can think of. Denver International Airport. You leave the world behind and enter a large chamber filled with boxes and crates as far as the eye can see. Welcome to The Conspiracy Clearinghouse. The podcast that takes a rather skeptical look at conspiracies and mysteries. Each episode will examine various conspiracy theories, most of which are not true, a few of which might be a little bit true, and even a couple that turned out, in fact, to be true. There are many boxes in the clearinghouse, and along the way, we'll look at some mysteries and hoaxes as well. We dare to look behind the curtain that's behind the curtain. I'm your host, Derek DeWitt. Welcome to the Conspiracy Clearinghouse. Fright Delays. delays. Denver Denver International Airport Airport is the the nexus nexus of evil. evil. Opened in 1995, Denver International Airport, or D-E-N, DEN, those are the actual official letters of it, though locals mistakenly call it D-I-A, but no matter what you call it, Denver International Airport is certainly a place of superlatives. Covering 33,531 acres, that is 52 square miles or 135.7 square kilometers. It is the biggest airport in North America by land and the second largest in the world. The only one that's bigger is the King Fahd International Airport in Dammam, Saudi Arabia. It has the longest runway in North America and seventh longest in the world. That's runway 16R-34L, which is 16,000 feet long. That's 3.03 miles or 4.88 kilometers. It employs 35,000 people, making it the largest employer in the state of Colorado. It is currently the fifth busiest airport in the country and the 18th busiest in the world, with over 69 million passengers in 2019, which was a record year. It has flights to 189 destinations in the U.S., making it the second largest domestic network in the United States. It's busy and it's big. But it's also weird. One terminal was decorated with a huge statue of Anubis, the Egyptian god of mummification, the afterlife, and lost souls. There's apocalyptic art all over the place, and people report it's very easy to get lost at Den. Hallways lead to nowhere. Wayfinding arrows point to each other instead of exits or doors. And some security checkpoints that you see in the distance when you approach them suddenly vanish. Frankly, that sounds like any big airport. I mean, have you ever been to Charles de Gaulle in Paris? Every time I go through there, it's like I'm in a totally different airport. That place is massive. I mean, DEN certainly has some pluses. It has the fastest Wi-Fi of any airport in the United States, plus the Wi-Fi is free and without ads. 
It generates more solar power than any other American airport, but it's also got some problems. On a list compiled in 2016 by the Thrillist Media Group, it was ranked seventh of worst designed airports in the United States. I don't know if it's art, and I don't know if I like it. A USA Today Reader's Poll said that Denver International was the best airport for art. This was back in 2013. They always have several temporary exhibitions, and their permanent collection is really quite varied. At Fire Station 35, near International Gate 9, there's Beacon, which is a work by Seattle-based artist Steve Gardner, which is a multicolored circle cut into four segments by a Maltese cross surrounded by arcane-looking symbols. There's a mile-long light sculpture installation in the Westside Passenger Train Tunnel in the Jeppesen Terminal with animated sculptures of technology ranging from pickaxes all the way up to satellites. That's just a couple. The entire 31-piece permanent art collection has been valued at over $14 million. But some of it is kind of creepy and has conspiracy folks raising their eyebrows. There's a statue of local boy and Apollo 13 astronaut, Jack Swigert. He's the guy that actually said, Houston, we have a problem here. Some conspiracy people think he was an active homosexual who purposely infected his male partners with venereal diseases. He was instrumental in the moon landing hoax. And then when he ran for Congress and won, he mysteriously died of, quote, cancer just a couple of days before he took office. There's a lot to unpack there. There's a talking sculpture of a gargoyle, like on top of a church, sitting inside of a suitcase. There's a time capsule located under a capstone that was placed there in 1994 with instructions to open it in 2094 that was paid for by two local Masonic lodges. It also says there that it was placed under the authority of the New World Airport Commission, which apparently doesn't actually exist. There's some art on the floors, including a stylized mining cart with AU and AG written on it. Some say that this is a code name for a strain of hepatitis Australia antigen that was discovered by Baruch Samuel Bloomberg, who may or may not have been one of the main funding sources for the airport. Actually, it's much more likely that AU, which is the symbol for gold, means gold, and AG means silver because that's the symbol for silver on the periodic table. Also notice that particular hepatitis strain is actually acronymed to HBSAG, not AUAG. In another part of the airport, on the floor is written DZIT space DIT space GAII. DZITGAI. Some people think this is German and either means black sun or is another name for swastika. Still others think it might be an invocation in an extraterrestrial language. For the record, black sun in German is schwarze Zona, and the swastika was known as the Hockenkreuz or hooked cross. Actually, Zitditgei is a Navajo phrase that means white mountain. And then there are two large, very unsettling murals. One wall mural shows a military figure rising out of a destroyed building wearing a gas mask, brandishing a machine gun while stabbing a dove of peace with a scimitar, while children either sleep fitfully or are dead, and a long line of refugees stretches into the distance with a weeping woman in the foreground holding what looks like a dead infant. Creepy. This is part of a two-painting piece titled Children of the World Dream of Peace by artist Leo Tangumi, who is a Chicano muralist of Mayan descent, 
who originally is from Texas, but now lives in the Denver suburb of Arvada. So it's the first one. The second painting, which is part of it, shows that same soldier now dead on the ground, while a large crowd of diverse children in bold colors build a new cooperative world together. And the dove is alive, and then there's a second dove, and they're hanging out on the machine gun. So the two are meant to be seen as a whole work, but if you just see the first one, you might be forgiven for wondering just who the heck approved that. Interestingly enough, many of the faces in the second painting of all the children are actual Denver children who had died in gang-related violence. That same artist has another two-painting mural set in the airport showing the first one showing children crying as animals die and forests burn, and then the second one shows them happy and productive as they have overcome such adversity. Jay Weidner, or Widener, a conspiracy guy who also is supposedly an expert on alchemy, says these murals and the time capsule are proof of the new world order plan by the federal government. Local evangelical Cephas Ministries, whose website is now gone, said they thought the entire airport was built to kill people that Lucifer hates. Back in 2010, the airport installed a 26-foot-tall statue of Anubis, the jackal-headed Egyptian god of death stuff, to advertise a new exhibition of King Tut artifacts that was opening at the Denver Art Museum. The Tut exhibit actually was traveling around the world, and the statue always followed it. Anubis only hung out there from July 2010 to January 2011, then they moved on along with the exhibit. And then there's the Luis Jimenez piece called Mustang. A 32-foot-tall, that's almost 10 meters, 9,000-pound, deep blue, cast fiberglass horse rearing up on its hind legs with eyes that glow red at night. It has been nicknamed Blucifer by locals. The artist, Luis Jimenez, was killed when, during his work at the studio, a cable broke and the head of the massive statue fell on him in his studio, pinning him to a beam and severing a leg artery. He bled out. His sons later finished the work. Some say this was necessary as a sacrifice to Satan. Others say that this horse will come to life and roam the countryside, dispensing death and destruction when the apocalypse comes. Others say that it is actually one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse's horse. I mean, it is pretty creepy looking. The idea for it, Jimenez said, came from a local legend about a stallion that was the leader of a group of wild mustangs in the area, could always find them grass and water, and he had a blue coat and red eyes. And also, he could fly. One of the artist's sons said he made the red eyes glow as a tribute to his father who had started off his career with his own neon workshop. There's a rumor that the eyes originally were supposed to shoot red lasers down to the ground, but that's unsubstantiated. Airport officials, when asked about the creepy red eyes, joked that they are there to, quote, ward off evil spirits, which is useful for an airport, and some conspiracy people are not amused by this. Some people have noted that this horse looks a lot like a horse that's on the cover of a 1992 book called The Montauk Project, Experiments in Time, by Preston Nichols and Peter Moon, which is all about secret time travel experiments done at the very end of Long Island in a military base. Coincidence? Some people think not. Some people like Blucifer, other people hate it. There are whole websites and social media pages devoted to trying to get it removed. At one time, there was a Facebook group that had over 10,000 members all trying to get the darn thing taken away. 
There's that whole Satan spawn business, of course. Some people just hate it for aesthetic reasons. And other people object to its genitalia on display there because it is rearing up on its back legs. So its genitals are just kind of just hanging out there for everyone to see and marvel at. Now that horse penis has certainly stuck in the mind and the mind's eye of William Tapley, who hosts the YouTube channel Revelation Unraveled. He also calls himself the third eagle of the apocalypse. His video titled Phallic Symbols at Denver International Airport finds a phallus hidden in an extinct penguin-like bird called a great auk in one of the murals. He also notes that there's a card painted underneath the bird giving its Latin name. Its Latin name was the Alca impenis. This means lacking flight feathers. Flight feathers in Latin are penne. He, however, says, look, impenis, I-M-P-E-N-N-I-S. The word penis is in there. He also mentions Blucifer's junk. And he also sees phallic shapes in the horse's mane, which I do not. He sees a phallus in some aerial photos of the outdoor baggage area as well. If you take an aer- if you look at an aerial photo of the area, he thinks it looks like an upside-down penis and testicles. He certainly seems to relish saying the word phallus, taking his time with it like a good wine or a mature cheese. Infrastructure. The dedication date of Denver International Airport was March 19, 1994. Some say if you add all these digits together, but don't include March, so you add 19 and then 1994, you get the number 33. The highest rank, or as they call it, degree, that you can get in Scottish Rite Freemasonry is the 33rd. Hmm. Other people noticed that Denver already had a working airport, so why'd they build the second one? Stapleton Airport opened way back in 1929. It was super old. It was super outdated. The runways were really far apart from one another. Southwest Airlines was looking for a hub, and Stapleton just wasn't going to cut it. Some say if you look at aerial photos, the runways are laid out in the shape of a swastika. Kinda, if you look at it in a certain way. The real purpose of the layout of the runways is so that the runways don't cross and they can all be used at the same time in any weather. The people who run the airport say they always thought it looked like a pinwheel. There are ventilation structures that seem to be way too big for just ventilation. They're 53 feet tall, 249 feet across. The shafts are actually bigger than a 747 jet. And then there are the tunnels. First off, as I said earlier, it's huge. At 52.4 square miles, 136 square kilometers, it's almost twice the size of Manhattan. That's way bigger than an airport could ever need to be, right? What else is going on? Some say the original plan called for five buildings, but they were, quote, built wrong, and instead of demolishing them, which is usually what you do when you somehow build an entire building wrong, instead they were sunk underground. They were then connected with huge concrete tunnels. Some say there's a strange sprinkler system installed in these tunnels, but these tunnels are made of concrete. They can't catch fire, so what are the sprinklers for? Could they be there to spread that hepatitis virus that that artwork in the main terminal is referencing on unsuspecting people who have been herded down there en masse? Actually, by the way, there's no evidence that there were five buildings built wrong, sunk, and then connected with tunnels. It just doesn't make any sense. 
However, there are tunnels, lots of them. It's actually part of a multi-million dollar automated baggage system called the Denver International Airport Guideway Transit System that, unfortunately, doesn't really work. So now there's this huge network of underground tunnels and workers have to use them to drive suitcases on carts from one place to another instead of the super cool, futuristic, all-automated, all-robot system that had been planned. And some say there's so much traffic, because it's such, I mean, 69 million people in a year, that in those tunnels, there are actually massive underground traffic jams. The airport says, no, it's not that bad. The longest tunnels are only 7,000 feet long, which is like 10 city blocks, and there are not massive traffic jams. In fact, they say they could easily increase their capacity to 100 million passengers a year. Obviously, the sprinklers are there in case there's a fire, like something in somebody's luggage catches fire. That would be part of the building specs and code, not for gas or hepatitis. Interestingly enough about the hepatitis thing, we have a vaccine for it. But those tunnels sure make some people wonder, could it really be a not-so-secret underground bunker system for the Illuminati or the Freemasons or the New World Order once they usher in the apocalypse and or the one world government? Maybe it's a whole city down there. That's what former pro wrestler and Minnesota governor Jesse the Mind Ventura thinks. Like many New World Order conspiracy people, he thinks the New World Order can only happen once the population of the Earth has been drastically reduced to 2 billion because it will be easier to control that number of people. I don't know, have you ever tried to get five people to agree on where to have dinner? I don't know that 2 billion is really that controllable, but anyway. So, are the tunnels for the future dominators of a depopulated Earth to ride out the apocalypse? Or are they Nazi-style extermination tunnels to wipe out a vast swath of humanity? Assuming you could get that many people, what are we talking about, five and a half billion people to go to Denver in the first place? Or is it the lair of the Illuminati? Or is it a home for aliens? Or, as some maintain, do those tunnels lead all the way to NORAD, which is just a little bit south of DEN? Location, location, location. Yes, NORAD, or the North American Aerospace Defense Command, made famous in the 1983 film War Games and lots of other movies, Interstellar. NORAD is located in Colorado Springs, which is about 85 miles south of Denver International Airport, or one of its locations. It's actually got multiple locations. Also near the town of Colorado Springs and near NORAD is the Cheyenne Mountain Military Installation. You know, the same base that's used in the Stargate movies and Stargate TV series. That's where the Stargate is. So now, Stargate gets to be mixed into the Denver International Airport Conspiracy Blender. Some say Queen Elizabeth II and many other important Europeans and Americans are secretly buying up all the property around the airport because they will be part of the ruling elite once the new world order comes into being, or so they can have access to the Stargate, or so they can go hang out with the aliens, or a combination of these, or something else. There's also some idea that the underground stuff here might be part of a vast network of more than 1,400 subterranean bases all around the world that are called Deep Underground Military Bases, or DUMBS, D-U-M-B for short. 
Now that's gotta be a joke, right? Well, one dumb truther out there claims to be a former MI6 operative by the name of James Casbolt. He says these bases are being used right now as part of a huge war between humans and aliens, but they're also being used as part of an internal power struggle on the human side between a group called Aquarius and another group called COM-12. That's COM with two M's. And, some people note, Denver is rather famously called the Mile High City because it is, in fact, a mile above sea level. And what better place to be when global warming melts all the ice and the oceans rise, killing millions of people and wiping out both the east and west coasts of the United States? Those Rocky Mountains and that altitude are certainly going to keep the rising tide out, and suddenly, Denver is not so far from the beach. There's, There's no, no such, such thing, thing as, as bad, bad publicity. publicity. So the folks at DEN have sort of taken the conspiracy theories on board and run with them. Uh, the new CEO is especially fond of them. That gargoyle statue I mentioned earlier. So the gargoyle is actually animatronic. And he speaks directly to people as they pass by, saying things like, Welcome to Illuminati headquarters. Uh, I mean, uh, Denver International Airport. He also makes snotty comments about people being on their phones instead of talking to him. He yells at people that get too close. And he chats with people in a very specific way, saying things like, Hey, that's a nice hat. Which makes me think that there's a person and a camera, and that person's job is to be the gargoyle and talk to people as they walk by. There's no way those are pre-recorded canned responses. My question is, how do you get that job? The airport has a page on their website, which is called the DEN Files, that details some of the more popular conspiracy theories. Back in 2018, they were doing reconstruction work on the main terminal, and they put up posters that said things like, construction or cover-up? And another one that said, what are we doing? And then gave three choices. One, adding amazing new bars and restaurants. Two, building an Illuminati headquarters, or three, renovating the lizard people's lair. And the picture was a man with green skin and a lizard head. Another one had Blucifer shooting red laser beams from his eyes, and it said, Are we creating the world's greatest airport or preparing for the end of the world? Other posters reference Area 51, underground tunnels, and even zombie cats. Senior Public Information Officer for Denver International, Heath Montgomery, said, We decided a few years ago that rather than fight all of this and try and convince everybody there's nothing really going on, let's have some fun with it. They even had a conspiracy-themed costume party and a public contest to win a trip underneath the airport. Little Man Ice Cream, a local ice cream chain which has had a burst of expansion lately, partly fueled by the fact that they now offer milkshakes with alcohol in them, has a branch at the concessions area of the airport, and there and there only, they offer the Illuminati Shake, which is made of vanilla ice cream and then maraschino liqueur and absinthe liqueur. So, it's just an airport. It's a big one. It's a busy one, for sure. And it has some interesting art. It certainly has become a hub, not just for Southwest Airlines and tens of millions of passengers each year, but a number of conspiracy theories running the gamut from biblical stuff 
to take-your-pick world domination schemes. There's even a whole book written about it called Conspiracy Theories Beneath the Radar, the Denver International Airport by Cheryl Leonard. It is only available in a Kindle edition, because I guess nobody would publish it, and it is $3.62. She's also written books about end-of-time prophecies, about the rapture, about Planet X, about the New World Order, and she also wrote a book on fruit smoothies as a weight loss program. There's also an entire website devoted to Denver International Airport conspiracy theories called DIA Conspiracy Files, though it hasn't been updated since 2013. And there's a thesis you can access online titled Connectedness, Conspiracy, and Control, The Denver Airport Conspiracy and Suspicion in the Digital Age. This was written in June 2012 by a student at Ohio State University called Megan Winkleman that looks at DEN as a sort of a super conspiracy, as she calls it. Two things certainly stand out. One, there's no clear consensus on what exactly is really going on in DEN, with almost every major conspiracy theory having some association with it in some way, shape, or form. Except, interestingly enough, Catholics and Jews. They get left out of this one. And two, if the place is being used for some nefarious or secret purpose... Why would they advertise it with weird art like a A giant giant blue horse horse with with glowing glowing red red eyes? Why would they do that? That seems like a crap way to keep a secret. Of course, now some people might think, ha ha, they purposely fouled the trail with all these red herrings in order to keep people confused as to what's really going on. Well, that certainly seems to be the case. People are confused. There's little consensus as to the truth behind it. And if anybody out there ever writes a book or a screenplay weaving all the theories together into one massive mega theory, please let me know because I want to read that book or watch that TV series. Thank you for visiting The Conspiracy Clearinghouse. We're closing now, but we'll open another crate in the next episode. Until then, thank you for listening.